0: God bless you church, wow, oh my goodness. So good to be with you on this amazing Easter Sunday. Pastor Joel had it right, uh, just talking about the crazy amazing day we had yesterday and you saw a little bit of the video footage there in the know. Uh, I wanna encourage you, if you're watching with us this morning, this afternoon or at six o'clock, so we've got three showings today to grab some communion. And uh, get ready for the end of our message today. So, if you would, grab some element. Uh, we, we ran out of grape juice, and so uh, we know that the act of communion is symbolic and by faith. And so, if you've got saltine crackers or you've got something that could be the bread, and I'm going to open mine up in advance and get mine ready to go maybe. Oh, it just fell apart. It didn't do the right thing. Hey, um, yesterday we had people here from Burien and, and uh, north of Seattle and south of our region. Uh, so if you can serve this coming week in the Food Resource Center, we're gonna have running. So Thursday, uh, most of the day, If you've got availability on Thursday, would you let us know? Just email the office, office at newhc.org, and uh, let us know that you're gonna be available on Thursday, either in the morning or in the afternoon uh, to help us with the food ministry. So part of our day yesterday, uh, uh, it was fun and exciting, but part of our day yesterday involved this guy right here. You You recognize this? This is the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny was with us yesterday, and uh, the Easter Bunny actually fits into our message today, and so I want to pray over you. I want to pray over the Word this morning, and I I want us to just open our hearts to hear from Father, to hear from the Holy Spirit, uh, to hear from the ministry, the saving ministry of Jesus that we might receive today the goodness of God, everything he has for us, and that our hearts would be made alive. Father, we welcome you right now to minister to us in the Word. We welcome you to open the eyes of our understanding, deliver us from all captivity, deliver us from all blindness, deliver us from wrong impressions, wrong thinking about you. Lead us into that which is good, that which is saving, that which you've ordained for us to know in you and in your beloved Son. We give you the praise for it in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I, I've had a word rattling around in my gut as well uh, the last week, uh, and it's out of Joel chapter 2. I don't know if you... Uh, have familiarity with the prophet Joel out of the Old Testament, uh, one of the Old Covenant writers and prophetic voices. But if you get a chance this week, go to Joel 2, Joel go to Joel 3. Uh, it talks about God restoring us. And uh, troubles came upon Israel, but God was restoring them. Troubles came upon Israel, but they sought him. Uh, They rent their hearts and not just their garments in humility. uh, They sought the Lord. God rebuked the enemy and then declared a restoration over them through the prophet Joel that he would restore unto them all that had been stolen. And just even before we get into the word for today, I want to encourage you, That's what God's up to. As you turn your heart to him, as you seek him, as you make him supreme in your life, you're going to find that God restoring you. Uh, The word there in Joel says that he would give them the double portion, that he would give them new wine, that he would give them new crops, that he would restore what the enemy had stolen. And I just declare that over you this morning as well. Well, I want to get into our message today. My message today, I've entitled it "Hidden in Him." Hidden in Him. Uh, yesterday, we we needed an Easter bunny. Well, I, and I'm not big on Easter bunnies, uh, but uh, and it's a little bit more like uh, the, church is, the The church maybe shouldn't be so excited about the Easter bunny. Uh, instead we should be excited about Jesus, right? But nonetheless, we had this crowd coming and we were hoping for a crowd and we wanted, you know, people to come and see the murals that we had prepared and receive the food that we would prepared. And so we thought, well, it'd be great to have an Easter bunny here welcoming the people who come. And so we needed an Easter bunny. Well, then, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a little bit of a rough find, you know. Not everybody's willing to be the Easter Bunny. How many of you know that? Okay. So, uh, so, we… And you, you know, when you are the Easter Bunny, you have to act like the Easter Bunny. And not everybody's willing to act like the Easter Bunny. However, the Easter Bunny does act, but nonetheless. Um, so, uh, you know, we, I think we were scouring all over the countryside, you know, essentially. Uh, staff members were looking who would be the Easter Bunny. I wasn't getting a report back on who was going to be the Easter Bunny. Uh, last year's Easter Bunny, I did hear, was not willing to be this year's Easter Bunny. I heard last year's Easter Bunny was uh, uh, volun- volunteered or volun- cor- cor- coerced or something. And uh, so we found dylan dylan if you're watching today god bless you you added jewels in your crown in heaven so we we found we found dylan to be the easter bunny so dylan showed up yesterday uh and and you know pretty soon uh dylan goes in the back of the church building but then pretty soon it's not dylan who comes out of the back of the church building it's the easter bunny who emerges out of the back of the church building all right? It's the Easter bunny. And I think even a couple of people are like, who is that in there? You know, because you can't tell who is in the suit. You can't tell who that is. And so, you know, he he pulled off the um the sanitized helmet and uh revealed uh who he was. So there you know, it's like, where did Dylan go? You know? And so, not only does he not only does he put on the suit, but then he begins to act the part. And, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the Easter Bunny, the Easter Bunny suit in our message today. The title of my message today is Hidden in Him, Hidden in Christ, Hidden in Him. What is it to be hidden in Him? You know, in, in some ways, uh, that's a little bit about... Uh, of what happened to to Dylan yesterday for the next 4 hours Dylan was the Easter bunny and he didn't live as Dylan any longer he lived for 4 hours as the Easter bunny people loved him people loved because people love the Easter bunny so people loved him people love the Easter bunny and if people didn't know Dylan before or if they didn't like Dylan before if they didn't know to not like the Easter Bunny, they didn't know to not like that that... They didn't know that that was Dylan in there because he was hidden in the Easter Bunny or, as Romans 13, 14 says, he had clothed himself or he had put on the Easter Bunny. Romans 13, 14 says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe it yourself, one translation says, with the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't know to not like him. They like the Easter bunny. People like the Easter bunny. And so for four hours, he enjoyed the happy squeals of those who love the Easter bunny. Why? Because he was hidden. He was hidden in the Easter bunny. Now, this is a poor... uh, illustration maybe but it's sufficient for us to understand a little bit about what it is to be hidden in another person, hidden in that person, maybe hidden in the character, the favor, the reputation, the behavior, and the benefits of that person. The Bible says that the believer is actually hidden in Christ. Hidden in Christ or hidden in God in Christ that, that actually when God looks at us who have believed, who have trusted in Jesus, when God looks at us, He's actually looking at us in Christ. We're, we're hidden in Christ. It, it's, it's like God is not seeing us outside of Him who we have clothed ourselves with. Colossians 3 and verse 3. For you have died, and maybe this helps us understand the metaphor of Scripture a little bit, because for four hours, Dylan died to be Dylan. Dylan didn't live as Dylan for four hours. And, and, and the Scripture is giving us metaphoric insights, principles, Uh, handles that we can grab a hold of so that we can understand what it is to to be in Christ, what it is to be hidden in Him, what it is to take refuge in Him, what it is to have relationship with God now through Him and what He's done for us. Here's what it says, Colossians 3.3, "'For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God.'" And when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Now, this is, this is Easter weekend. On Easter weekend, we talk about the cross. We talk about forgiveness. We talk about redemption. We talk about the Lord's victory over death. And, and all of this is relevant but I want, you to, I want you to think about what it is to be hidden in Christ today. I want you to think that this, that this understanding that God has for us is, is even greater than forgiveness. In that forgiveness is the avenue by which we are restored to God. But Jesus has brought us in to something something that actually belongs to Him. And as long as we're hidden in Him, as long as we're tucked up inside of Him, as long as He has become our life, then we participate, partake, we enjoy the character, the behavior, the benefits, the lifestyle, the inheritance of the one in whom we've hidden ourselves in. One thing that the Bible shows is that I... I absolutely, uh, I'm smart enough, and I'm not that bright, but I'm, I'm smart enough to know this is a good thing. One thing that the Bible shows us is that to be hidden in Christ is to escape the wrath of God. When you're hidden in Christ, it's like God's wrath can't find you. God's wrath might be looking, but God's wrath can't find you because God's wrath doesn't detect... That you're deserving of wrath because you've hidden yourself in the perfect one, the one who represents you. The the Bible actually says that when you're hidden in him, then what happens is he as your high priest, he as your intercessor, he's actually ever-living. Eternally he lives to represent you before the Father. And so we are hidden from and escape the wrath of God. Listen to a couple of thoughts about the wrath of God. See, uh, the wrath of God is actually ordained for the devil and his angelic force. And I, I use the word angels just because the Bible does. Not, you know, usually when we think of angels, we think of it in the connotation of, of those who are good, those who are laboring for salvation, laboring for the Lord, but there's a host of unclean ones also that cooperate with the demonic realm. And actually, the Bible says, let's jump over to Matthew 25, 41. In Matthew 25, Jesus is talking about the righteous and He's talking about the wicked. He's talking about those who love righteousness and those who love wickedness, and I'm going to pick it up at verse 41, then He… And, and we're talking here about he's referring to Father and he's referring to, to judgment, day, or that time of judgment, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Th- this is interesting that, that there will be some who will experience wrath to come. And they, the wrath that they experience? actually, it wasn't created for mankind. We actually weren't created to be creatures of wrath, but when we fell, when we cooperated, when, when our forefather Adam cooperated with the demonic realm, rebellion and pride in the garden, self-will and disobedience... Then we became children of wrath, children that is that deserve wrath. Let's go over to John three thirty six. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Wow, I I, I kind of want to be hidden from that. I, I don't know about you, but. But I, I want to be hidden from the wrath of God. And this is the way, not through the Easter bunny, but through Him who covers us, through Him who represents us. God's wrath remains on those who reject the Son. Let's jump over to First Thessalonians 5, 9. I want you to see something. God has not appointed believers to suffer wrath when you think about your own life even, because, you know, the wrath of God upon those who reject Jesus, that that could even pertain to uh, present thinking. Uh, sometimes we get into a kind of a situation where we're thinking, wow, you know, do I deserve, you know, do I deserve this? Is God punishing me? Is, is God trying to, you know, what in the world is going on? And, And we we need to know something that for us who believe, when you turn your life to Jesus, that from that moment, God has not appointed you under wrath, but God has appointed you under salvation. Verse 9, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. Let's jump over to Ephesians 2, and I, I don't want to beat this up too much, but to me, uh, this, is, this is exciting stuff. This is great relief that I can actually be going through life not expecting the judgment of God, not expecting uh, the, the condemnation of God, knowing that the voice of condemnation, the influence of judgment, is not coming from God, but it's coming from a realm of accusation from a realm that i used to believe uh, used to belong to that i'm now free from ephesians chapter 2 verse 3 all of us lived among them And here he's talking about the unbelieving. He starts Ephesians chapter 2 talking about the unbelieving. All of us lived, also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were, like, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Now, now this, is, this is interesting. This is, this is telling us that all, all of humanity, because of our alignment with the demonic realm, and the demonic realm being cursed unto wrath and our alignment there that all of us were also children of wrath, but to be hidden in Him is to be delivered from such. To be hidden in Him is to be hidden from the wrath of God. See, Jesus already, and this is what the prophet Isaiah told us and foresaw, and it's recorded in chapter 53, he already, Jesus took upon himself the punishment we deserve. He, 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 the chastisement upon him, the Bible says, Isaiah 53, is the chastisement we deserve in our sinful state so that when we turn to him when we are hidden in him actually believing upon him receiving forgiveness is 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 actually hiding yourself in him as Dylan did for 4 hours yesterday we do for a lifetime now we turn our heart to him we trust him and and that's what and that's what being hidden is being hidden in Christ is believing on Jesus, believing on Jesus. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8, I'm going to pick it up right there, the word of faith which we're preaching is that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for with the heart A person believes, resulting in righteousness, right standing with God, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes in Him, whoever believes in Jesus, will not be disappointed, for there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon Him. For whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow. This is what it is to be hidden in Christ. To be hidden in Christ is to believe on him. It's to believe on him. It's also to trust in him alone for your salvation. It's... it's, it's, it's It's no harder work than it is just putting on the Lord Jesus, clothing yourself in Him, trusting in Him. I'm not going to trust in my good works. I'm not going to trust in what I've done. Nothing that I've done, nothing that I've done can redeem me from the death penalty that I deserve from the sin that I've committed. So Ephesians chapter 2, and we were reading a bit of it there that it is by grace that we are saved through faith. It is the gift of God, and it's not according to our works. So it's number two, trusting in Him. Number three, it's putting Him on like the bunny suit. It's putting Him on, just clothing ourselves in Him. All right, Lord, you've got me covered. You literally have me covered. Before Father, you have me covered. Before the enemy, you have me covered. In life situations, you have me covered. I'm going to put you on, and I'm going to wear you, and I'm going to choose to have you as my covering. And number four, it's living for him. It's letting him lead you. It's letting him lead you. This is interesting. When Dylan put on the bunny suit, then it would have been inappropriate for Dylan to act like Dylan, Dylan had to begin to think and process. okay, now what would the bunny do? <laughs> what would the bunny do? What, how would the bunny act right now? And that is re- that's really a very simple a very a very simple insight into what it is. To be led by the Spirit of God. See, when you believe in the Lord Jesus, then the Bible says that you welcome the Holy Spirit to live within your heart. He restores you to God. You're restored to what Adam was like before the fall. And now you can tune in to the voice of God. Yeah, before you do that, you can't tune into the voice of God. You're taken captivity by the enemy, and the voices that you're tuned into are carnal, they're impure, they're unclean, they're selfish, they're prideful they're rebellious. But when you welcome Jesus to cover you and to present you before Father in the forgiveness that he purchased for you in his death and resurrection, then all at once the Holy Spirit can lead you and it's not hard for you at all to think right you just begin to think Holy Spirit what would you have me do right here Holy Spirit and it's no longer you being the Lord of your life you're giving up the Lordship of your life and you're choosing to allow him to be the Lord of your life you 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 and I we can't trust what we hear within when we're the Lord of our lives but when we give our hearts to him, we can trust what we hear. We can trust it's going to be good. We can trust it's going to be fruitful. It's going to be profitable. It's going to be loving. It's going to be kind. It's going to be rich. It's going to be blessed. We can always trust. All at once, our mind is restored. The, the Bible says that he gives us a spirit of love, power, and self-control. When the Holy Spirit moves in and we just begin to think, how would Jesus think right now? Holy Spirit, what would you have me do right now? When we begin to lean a little bit into him who we are covered with, we're not covered with the Easter bunny. We're covered with the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the triumphant one, the anointed one. He who is victorious and now he sends his Holy Spirit to those who... Make that decision, who turn their hearts to him to be covered by him. That's what it is. Number five, you're putting on his righteousness. Wow. Your soul, your your soul, even before you get long before you get perfect, you're gonna have all sorts of imperfect stuff going on with you after you believe on Jesus. But your soul looks as clean as that bunny suit. When Father looks at you, Father sees you through Jesus. See, the Bible says that when you put on the Lord Jesus, when you are hidden in him, that the righteousness that belongs to him is imputed to your account. And that's really the story of the prodigal son. Many of you have heard the story of the prodigal son. The, the, the son gets his inheritance. He goes out. He squanders it on wild living. He blows it. He, he messes up. He does everything wrong he can. Then he comes to himself out in a pig pen eating with the swine, and he's like, I need to go back to my father's house. What am I doing? And he comes back to his father's house. He says, I'm not worthy. Just make me a servant. The father says, I'll have nothing to do with it. And as he approaches, Father runs to him, puts the robe on him. You know what that robe is in Scripture? He puts the ring on him, the ring, the signet ring, the ring of authority, the ring of restoration. And the robe signifies the robe of righteousness. Now, Dylan was wearing, he, he had to put on the whole robe. He had to put on the whole suit yesterday. So, and the, and, and the, and the bunny suit, wow. You're going to be clothed in that bunny suit. When, when, when Dylan showed up yesterday, it didn't matter how clean, dirty, and if you're the next one to wear the bunny suit, sorry about this, Dylan hadn't taken a bath in a year. He was, he stunk so bad and just, he was a mess. Dylan, if you're watching right now, I know I'm not telling the truth. Um, But, you know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Once he put that bunny suit on, it covered everything that was under. And that's what happens with us. It's not that the imperfections don't exist. It's just that God imputes to us. He credits our bank account our spiritual bank account with the righteousness of jesus so that no longer are we seen in the dirt that's underneath but in the spirit realm and before him we can approach him with confidence because we're not approaching father in the confidence oh this is why our prayers are effective this is why our prayers are suddenly powerful and they're rich because i'm not approaching father uh in the dirt uh in the imperfection that's underneath that robe rather the robe of righteousness, right standing, the very righteousness of Jesus has been put on me as it was that prodigal son. And when I approach the Father, I'm approaching in the confidence that I'm covered. Even though I'm imperfect, I'm covered as I continue to believe, I'm covered. Even though I've up here and there, I'm covered. Why? Because I continue to believe. I continue to trust. I continue to yield. I continue to look to Him. I continue to make Him the Lord of my life, so He continues to cover me. 1 John nine. If we confess our sin, If we acknowledge our sin, if we we don't try to deny our sin, He is faithful and just. Jesus is to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He just keeps presenting us before the Father. He keeps presenting us before the spirit realm. He keeps presenting us before the demons. And the demonic host. He keeps presenting us as those who are covered, those who are in Him, those who are hidden, those who've clothed themselves in His grace, His goodness, His power and authority. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made Him, this is God, God made Him, Him, Jesus, he, God made him Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. That's what was happening on the cross. On the cross, the burden of sin, our sin, all sin from history start to history end, all of the weight of sin was placed on him who deserved not to bear that burden who deserved not to die that sin was placed on him so that we might become look at the verse second corinthians 5:21 he made him to be he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Number six, putting on him is putting on that mantle, that robe, that scepter of authority that we're talking about today. You can't find it in the bunny suit. You can't find it in the bunny suit, but God has a mantle for you. A robe of restoration for you, a scepter of authority for you. Listen to Luke 10 17. Jesus gave his authority to seventy, and he sent them out in his authority. And when they returned, they returned with joy, because they went out and ministered healing and love and encouragement and deliverance. Luke 10, 17, the 72 returned with joy, and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They were freaked out. They were overjoyed. They were like, what in the world? This is amazing. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, and I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. To be hidden in him, you take on the character, you take on the benefits, you take on the inner heart, you take on the leading, you take on the wisdom. You, 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 all that is in him becomes yours when you're hidden in him. And with it, the mantle, the robe, the scepter of authority. So here's my question for you today. Are you hidden in him? Are you hidden in him? Did you know you can be? We, all of us, we remain under the law, judged as guilty until we come to Jesus. Only the sacrifice of Jesus can deliver all of us from the testimony of the law against us that we are transgressors. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's me, that's you. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. I'm going to ask you would just consider your own heart. Are you hidden in him? The hiding comes before the behaving. You know how futile and f- foolish it would have been for Dylan. You know how foolish and futile it would have been for Dylan to act like or try to be, try to be the Easter Bunny without the suit on. I think it's hard to even get into the character. It's hard to find and to fit. It's hard to get the right thoughts if you don't have the suit on. You see, it's not your works of righteousness first. It's a heart toward him. And our transgressions, our transgressions, have set us up for the wrath of God. And the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And it just comes as you turn your heart, as you soften your heart. As you soften your heart, we had to look all over to find somebody who would be willing, who would be soft enough of heart to put on that silly suit. God is looking for people who will be soft enough of heart to no longer live in the rebellion of their own nature, to no longer live in the pride or the disobedience or the self-will of their own nature. God is looking for those who will be soft enough, gentle enough, tender enough of heart that they'll put on His Son, that they'll hide themselves in His Son not acting like him first, not trying to be him, not pretending to be him, not, not trying to work out works of righteousness first, believing in him, trusting in him, looking to him. He gave his life for us. He laid down his life as a sacrifice on a wooden cross to purchase our salvation. And he and he alone, delivers us from the wrath of God the wrath not meant for you meant for the devil and his angels but there's only one escape of that wrath and that's to be hidden in him to be hidden in him to clothe yourself with him I'm gonna lead you in a prayer this morning I asked you if you would before we started the message to get the elements of communion the elements of communion represent the covenant that Jesus has made for us on our behalf with Father. Jesus has entered in as the perfect man to a relationship with Father due to his perfect life and his obedience and his sacrifice. And all that he did was on our behalf so that we could also Enter into this relationship with Father. And so his body was broken for us. It's our bodies that deserve to be broken. He took 39 stripes on his back with a cat of nine tails. But we deserve that. Crown of thorns was shoved up over his head, squished into his brow. But we deserve that. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was nailed on a cross. It's what we deserved. His body body took the wrath of God. It was broken for us. And that's what the communion represents. It means common union. We have common union as we look to Him in these elements, with Him and with Father. I want to lead you in a prayer this morning, and then we will take the cup together. Would you say this with me wherever you're at? Father, I'm trusting in Jesus. I'm not trusting in my own works. I'm not trusting in anything that I've done. Father, I'm looking to you through him who represents me, him who is my salvation, him who was beaten on my behalf him who took the weight of my sin in his own body. Father, I'm trusting him and I'm believing that through him I'm delivered from the wrath to come and now a partaker of the benefits of the Supreme One. Take the bread with me now. The blood that he shed, that was covenant blood. Actually, the word covenant means to give up everything on behalf of another. That's why even our marriage vows of today, they include the language that say, I will give up my life for you. I'll no longer live for me. That's what a man tells a woman. That's what a woman tells a man. It's covenant blood. That's why, that's why blood is tied to covenant language, because from the very beginning when a covenant would be cut, and that's how it would be cut, there would be the mingling of blood, and essentially you would be saying to the other person, to the death, to the death. I'll support you financially to the death. I'll care for you to the death. I'll fight for you to the death. I'll lay down my life to protect you to the death. That's what a covenant's always meant, and that's what Jesus did for us. When he shed his blood, he didn't just shed a drop of blood. It wasn't the commingling of his blood with ours out of a slit in the wrist. When he shed his blood, he shed everything. He gave up his life. He laid down his life. And so now we're choosing to live for him. We're choosing to lay down our life. We're choosing him to be our life. I want to lead you in a prayer, and then we'll drink the cup together and then we'll worship. Let's pray this. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, for it represents that he went all the way to death for me, that he laid down his life to seal a covenant with you on my behalf. He said, all that is mine, I give it to you. That's what he did in covenant blood. That's what you did in covenant blood through him. You said, all that is mine, I give it to you. And as I drink this, I would say also to you, Father, all that is mine, I give to you. All that is mine, Father, my life, My heart, my soul, my attitude, my talents, my gifts, all that is mine, I give it to you, Father. Let there be an exchange in covenant blood and in this cup. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink the cup. thank you church live in the light of being hidden in christ live in the light you have bold access before the father you're hidden from the wrath of god you're a partaker of the blessings and the benefits of the son live in that light rejoice in that light let your heart be fixed on him and let your life be changed god bless you We hope to see you again. Let's worship as we go this morning.